Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. The Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is one of the most recent additions to the Locked On Sports Network, and we are part of the growing lineup of college podcasts. I am your host, Andrew Wade, editor over at DearOldGold.com, where you can find analysis pieces on all things black and yellow, and our episode today is primarily going to be talking about basketball. So on segment number one, we're going to be touching on Iowa versus Northwestern, the big game yesterday. Uh, Iowa won, obviously, Huge game for Iowa to win, go on the road, snap an eight-game losing streak in the Big Ten. So awesome, awesome win for them. On segment number two, we're going to be talking about T.J. Hawkinson. And what the heck is going on? Is he going to make a decision soon? And then finally, on segment number three, we're going to be talking about the Iowa versus Ohio State game that's coming up Saturday afternoon. So we have a fantastic episode for you. Make sure you tune into each segment. That way you can be in the know for all the important things that are happening in Iowa Hawkeye sports world. Before we jump in, though, make sure you are subscribed to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast at. And if you have a smart speaker... All you need to do to play the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast is to tell Siri, Google, or Alexa, play podcast Locked on Hawkeyes. It's that easy. You'll get the most recent episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, so there's no excuse to listening to or to not listening to one of the most recent additions to the Locked on Sports Network. So let's jump right into segment number one, Iowa versus Northwestern. Iowa obviously came away with a big win last night. I was super excited to watch, you know, to, to see the play of the basketball game. Um, obviously, coming into the game, I was a little worried, though. Found out late that Tyler Cook was listed as doubtful. And and as you know, if you watched any basketball games this year that Iowa's played, and Tyler Cook is Iowa's star player. Fran McCaffrey even said so at the end of his, you know, the post-game press conference. You know, it's, it's tough to not have your star player. It's also tough to go on the road. Um, Iowa has not done very well on the road in the past. Going into this game versus Northwestern, they were on an eight-game Big Ten road losing streak. So they hadn't won a road game since the middle of last season. So not exactly the right side of a streak to be on. They did just beat Nebraska on Sunday. So getting a win versus Northwestern would be huge in terms of momentum going into the Ohio State game that's coming up on Saturday that we're going to be talking about on segment number three. And like I said, Coming into this game with Tyler Cook being listed as doubtful, Luca Garza still playing limited minutes, I was really worried about how Iowa was going to perform in this game. Northwestern isn't, you know, a top-tier team in the Big Ten, but they're no slouch, right? They're ten and six. Um, they've had some. They've had some solid games. They have some decent players, and the the biggest thing is they have a lot of size. Um, they're one of the tallest teams in the nation. Actually, even a little bit bigger than than Iowa. So a little a little bit concerning to me when you're starting Nick Bayer and and Ryan Creener. Very good players in their own right, but not exactly the guys you want to have down at center and forward. But Iowa showed they were able to, you know, persevere. They had a, it was really a, a big team effort in my opinion. A lot of guys stepped up and played really well. Um, the first shout out has to go to Joe Weiskamp. Fantastic performance for the four-star freshman. Uh, I think he showed in this game he's able to take over games and he's able to be that guy who can win you a ball game and, and be the guy who's going to step in when Tyler Cook eventually leaves and goes to the NBA. On the season, he's averaging 11.4 points per game and 4.9 rebounds per game. 
But against Northwestern, he had 19 points and seven boards on 7-11 shooting and 2-5 of five from three-pointer. This kid was all over the freaking place, and it was fantastic to watch him get a chance to really let loose. Really excited to see that. Another connection I was really happy about was Luca Garza and Connor McCaffrey. McCaffrey just kept feeding Garza, and Garza was making Northwestern look bad. I mean, he single-handedly got a few of their guys in foul trouble. And that's kind of one of the other things I want to touch on in a little bit is just how well Iowa did um, neutralizing Northwestern's defensive attack because they were in that foul trouble um, pretty early on. But Garza had also a fantastic game on the day. Um, considering he come off, came off the bench with on a bum ankle, he still put in 25 minutes. He had 16 points and five boards. Fantastic performance by him. Connor McCaffrey, 18 minutes, had five points and led the team with four assists. Um, Isaiah Moss tied him in assists with another four, and that's another guy I want to cover. Isaiah Moss has really stepped up his play the last two games, and it's not necessarily the stuff that's going to go on the box, you know, the in the box score and, and whatnot, but I've been really impressed with how involved he's been and the kind of plays he's making and his vision on the court and when he decides to make a play. And he shot five for 12, not perfect, but some of the shots he was making were difficult, like high level of difficulty shots that. It was impressive that he was even making them. And, um, you know, he in the previous games, he's been more effective from three-point line. He didn't even shoot a single three-pointer. I feel like he knew coming into this game it was it was his game, and he led the team in, in shot attempts with 12. And I love to see that. You know, we have cookout, and we need people to step up. And, and Isaiah Moss was ready and willing to be that guy that was going to step up and lead the team to victory. In terms of fouls, like I said, Iowa did a great job of getting Northwestern into foul trouble. They – Made Northwestern commit 21 fouls. Uh, Derek Pardon, their second leading scorer, had five fouls. Vic Law, their their top scorer, had four fouls. Um, and then two other guys had four fouls as well. And they did a good job of holding and limiting those guys to to really bad shooting performances. Northwestern isn't exactly known as a an offensive juggernaut, but this was even bad by Northwestern standards. They shot 38.3% on the day. Coming into this game, they're, they're shooting around 41%. From three-point, they were shooting 20, they shot 26%. So just an atrocious shooting performance. And I think part of that is Northwestern couldn't hit anything. They couldn't have hit water if they fell out of a boat in the middle of the ocean. But Iowa also had a pretty solid defensive game plan. And they, they mixed it up a lot. They played a couple different varieties of defense and, and really, really stumped Northwestern consistently throughout the game. Northwestern started kind of battling back on Iowa's zone early in the second half, but then Iowa made, again, some adjustments. Fran McCaffrey yelled at his players, and uh, Iowa carried it away from there to come out victorious. So, fantastic overall game by Iowa. A much-needed win on the road. Gives them some momentum going into the Ohio State game. I'm really excited to see kind of how they, they come out on Sunday and perform in that game, but we'll touch on that in segment number three. Before we jump into segment number two, though, I have a message for you, the listener. Because if you're like me, you hate to miss your favorite team play regardless of who they are playing. And that's where Sling TV comes in. Now I never have to miss a football or a basketball game. And the best part is, I no longer have to pay for a bunch of channels I don't even watch with a typical cable package. For just $30 a month, you get access to ESPN, the Big Ten Network, and more without the hassle of a long-term contract. What's even more exciting, though, is that we have a fantastic offer for you. Locked On listeners can, a, can get a free 7-day trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Never miss a game again with Sling TV. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, just a reminder that on segment number three, we're going to be talking about the Iowa versus Ohio State game and what Iowa can do to win that that you know win that matchup. But for segment number two, we want to talk about TJ Hawkinson and and what the heck is going on with him. I have no idea what his decision is going to be. I really thought it was pretty obvious that he was going to go to the NFL after the Outback Bowl. He said, I'm 95% sure I know what I'm going to do. It'll just be a couple days. Well, it's been nine days since the Outback Bowl. And, and obviously he's a, he's a, he's a young kid. You want to give him some time to maybe celebrate the Outback Bowl. Think about it. But to me, if you were 95% sure, you only need a couple more days to decide. And really it's just kind of getting the logistics together of how to make that announcement. And ultimately I think, if you're 95% sure and you're going to make a decision in a couple of days, that probably means you're coming back, right? Otherwise, if you're pretty sure you're coming – or that, sorry, that means you're probably going to the NFL. So the fact that it's taken 10 days or 9 days since that point says to me that he's really not sure what he wants to do. And and when it comes down to it, I think he loves being an Iowa Hawkeye. Um, he grew up wanting to be an Iowa Hawkeye. He loves playing for the Hawks. He loves the program. He loves playing football under Kirk Ferentz. It's tough, though, and he even made a comment about this. You know, his heart wants to do one thing, his head wants to do the other thing. And I think his heart is obviously leaning towards going to I- or saying at Iowa. His head is obviously wanting to get that money, uh, and you can't blame the guy. He had one of the best performances of a tight end all time in Iowa history. Get your money while the getting's good. That's what Amani Hooker's doing. That's what Anthony Nelson's doing, and that's what Noah Fant's doing. So you can't blame the guy for wanting to go pro, but at the same time, if you're not ready mentally – if you aren't ready to leave college, then you probably should stay. And I'm excited to hear what his decision is. If nothing else, just to to get the speculation out of the way. Um, I'm sitting here on on you know eggshells, wondering when I'm going to find that Twitter announcement that he's he's gone and he's going to the NFL. But the more I wait, the more I think there's a chance he's coming back. And now it's starting to get me excited, and I I can't handle all this. So I'm excited to see what ultimately comes from this. Hopefully he makes a decision in the next couple of days. The the declaration deadline is no or sorry January fourteenth, so that is Monday. So it's coming up very quickly. Just a few more days that he has left to make his decision. Like I said, all of his other guys who are looking at declaring Fant, Hooker, and Nelson, they have all declared already. Um, Stanley decided to come back, and he let let folks know that real early in the process. So exciting about that. I mean, here's the thing: the only the downside that Hawkinson has of coming back is that he. His stock is reduced, right? So he has, a, let's say, he has a bad season, doesn't catch as many balls. Um, obviously, that, that could potentially hurt him a little bit. But with Nate Stanley, senior quarterback, Brian Ferentz running the offense, he loves to go through his tight ends. Uh, there's some solid playmakers on the outside at wide receiver. I think the the chances of Hawkinson's production going down are slim. In fact, I think they possibly it could possibly go up even, especially because there's not another viable tight end option behind him at this point. That being said, you always have to be worried about the injury concern, and and that's really probably the biggest thing is what if he gets injured? What if he pulls a Jake butt? What if he tears his ACL? He drops the fifth, sixth round. 
that that money you know they're you're losing guaranteed money at that point albeit not as much as it would have been you know four or five years before some of the the different you know regulations came into place from the players union but it'll be interesting to see what his decision is i think the fact that he's waiting so long means that he's he's struggling with it and he wants to come back to iowa but he just knows what the right you know he knows what the the fiscally responsible decision is um i'm gonna go on a limb and say he's coming back though i if you knew you're going you go if you don't know then i think you come back i think at the end of the day you need to do what's best with your heart and not with your head and that way you don't look back with any regrets or at least that's how i would look at it and we'll obviously we'll be covering that um, once he makes the decision, giving you the full details about kind of what to expect from Iowa going forward at the tight end position, whether that means Hawkinson's coming back or not. That'll do it for segment number two. On segment number three, we're going to be covering the Iowa versus Ohio State basketball game and what Iowa needs to do to come away victorious against the number 16 Ohio State Buckeyes. So stay right with us. We'll be back in a few minutes after you get a few messages from our sponsors of the show today. All right, we are back on segment number three. Iowa is taking out Ohio State Saturday afternoon, Carver Hawkeye Arena. Big matchup for Iowa. Again, another opportunity for them to get some quality wins in the Big Ten. Ohio State didn't really come into this season with high expectations, struggled last year, but after starting 12-1, they, they are ranked in the top 25. They don't really have any true quality wins, and, and they've lost two straights. So now they're sitting at 12-3 and three with losses against Michigan State and Rutgers. So um, a little bit of a downturn for them. Iowa, meanwhile, is on a two-game winning streak and looking to extend that to three games against another ranked opponent. Like we've talked about a lot, the Big Ten is a really strong conference, so no game is going to be a gimme, no game is easy, and every win matters, especially when you're playing ranked teams like Ohio State. For this game, though, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Ohio State is one of the smallest teams um, in the Big Ten. They don't have a ton of size, which... If Iowa has Tyler Cook back, if Luka Garza is starting and playing 30 minutes a game, um, that'll be a really good opportunity for them to continue to get fed down low and and beat up Ohio State. Especially because Ohio State's so Ohio State's two forwards are pretty tall. We have six nine Caleb Wesson, who is their leading scorer and leading rebounder, and we have six eight Kyle Young, who is sixth on the team in scoring and second on the team with rebounds. Um, those are the two tallest guys. Behind them, though, there are four guys under six foot six. There are three guys under six foot three, so not a lot of size on the Ohio State, um, you know, kind of top seven. Good opportunity for Iowa to use their size and length to really beat out and um, impact the game uh, positively in Iowa's favor. The other thing that's going to be really helpful with if Cook is able to come back, if Garza is there, is the fact that they can put a lot of pressure on the Ohio State, you know, backcourt or sorry, front court to to put them in foul trouble. Ohio State is not a very strong team in terms of limiting their fouls they're 208th in the nation with 18.5 fouls per game so a good opportunity for the hawks to continue their trend of of putting pressure on opposing teams defenses by getting them into foul trouble making them go to their bench earlier making them sit some of their star players i mean we've seen it against nebraska and northwestern um it was it was huge in some of those games uh so against ohio state that'll be really important that they are able to continue that and not just from a Cook and Garza perspective, but from a Joe Weiskamp, from an Isaiah Moss, driving in the lane, getting those fouls, forcing them to make a tough decision and ultimately having to foul you. The other thing with, with Ohio State, um, they are, you know, they're pretty solid overall in terms of a, a defense. They are 29th in the nation 
And according to Ken Palm and defensive analytics, they mostly play man-to-man defense, which is very good in terms of committing fouls. Um, typically, if you're playing zone, that's going to be less conducive to um, committing fouls. So good opportunity, again, like I said, for Iowa to get them into foul trouble. But defensively, they're solid. I mean, they're allowing 63.7 points per game, 29th best in the nation. Ken Palm's defensive efficiency margin has them at 30th in the nation. They're very effective at limiting two points and three point shots. They can be beat a little bit on the free throw line, which is exactly how Iowa likes to beat people. Offensively, um, the Buckeyes are seventh in the conference, averaging 76.8 points per game. They're shooting about 47%, so not bad at all. They do like to slow the tempo down, though. They like to make each possession last a little longer, play their type of ball game. So they're not going to be the running gun type. And, and Iowa, for the most part, has done a much better job of not being like that either outside of Jordan Bohannon, who has been a pretty frustrating player to watch this season. I mean, I wouldn't say he's regressed, but he just has no idea how to fit into this offense. And he gets, it seems like he gets mentally out of whack. And and against, against Northwestern, he had a couple shots that I was really disappointed in early, early in the shot clock. No, no offender, you know, no people down low. Um, helping him to get rebounds. It was just him shooting and four guys behind him, which is never how you want to take a shot, especially when you're you're guarded pretty heavily. So that'll be interesting to see how that works as well. In terms of what to kind of expect, though, like I said, I think Iowa needs to continue to put pressure on Ohio State, getting them in foul trouble, getting to the foul line. With Tyler Cook and Garza back, that'll be huge for the program. We need Bohannon to play smart and team basketball. And then I think... Another good performance by Isaiah Moss wouldn't hurt. You know, he's been doing really well, been really impressive so far this season. The game is scheduled to tip off at 1.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at Carver Hawkeye Arena. It is going to be aired on the Big Ten Network, so make sure you check that out. The Hawks at this point are favored slightly. ESPN has it as a 58% chance of Iowa winning, and Ken Palm has it as a 57% chance of winning. I would say, in terms of importance, you know, this is slightly below Northwestern. Iowa needed to get that 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 monkey off their back, get that road win in there. But this is a really important game, just like any other game in the Big Ten. Having Ohio State come to Carver is is crucial that Iowa can get those home wins because playing away games in the Big Ten is never easy. Uh, those A lot of the arenas are real tough to play in. So we'll keep you posted on that. We'll have our Monday episode devoted to talking about the Ohio State-Iowa game and hopefully devoted to talking about the TJ Hawkinson decision. Just as a reminder, we will not be having a show tomorrow morning, so there will be no show for your Friday morning commute. But like I said, we will have a show first thing for you Monday morning and all of next week, so you can be looking forward to that. And that will do it, though, for our Thursday morning episode. I loved having a chance to talk to you about basketball, talk to you a little bit about TJ Hawkinson. If you didn't get a chance to check out the game last night, it was a lot of fun watching it. If you have a chance tonight, you can check out the women's basketball team as they take on Purdue in Mackey Arena, so make sure you check out Megan Gustafson leading the num- you know the, the Iowa Hawkeyes to another victory, hopefully against Purdue. As you hopefully know by now, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and you can find me on Twitter at Wade underscore Andrew. You can also follow all of the exciting happenings of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast on Twitter at Locked On Iowa. Make sure you're also subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast at, and if you have a smart speaker, it's even easier. All you need to do is say, play podcast, Locked On Hawkeyes. Just tell Siri, Google, or Alexa to do that, and you'll get the most recent episode of one of the best new podcasts on the Locked On Sports Network. Again, thank you for joining us on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic day, Hawkeye Nation, and we'll be back tomorrow.